This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Welcome to episode 19 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Like the cats, has David Wagner used up his nine lives? Coming up, we'll discuss the current goings-on within the club. How should we be approaching this January window? Dean Hall released a defiant statement. Five games since the last podcast. We'll take a brief look back and also have a chat about player confidence and other things raised via the people of Twitter. Yes, welcome and Happy New Year to all Huddersfield Town fans from all of us at the podcast. The big man is back in the big chair with the heat and massage function, fully engaged. Danny G, fresh from lassoing some Cockney teenagers on Red Dead Online, is here as is the original Huddersfield Town podcaster, Jamie White. I only hope that he's got a lovely singing voice today because he's filling in for El Coso Loco, who is once again in Spain. Hello, everyone. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Good to be here. Is this chair a bit loud? It doesn't sound like a podcast right now. It sounds like something else. <laughs> I wasn't told there was any singing. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that guy. Yeah, right. but <laughs> Okay, so speaking of Spain, thanks to our sponsors, BidOrBuyGolf.com. If you fancy a golfing break in Spain, give them a whirl and check them out online at www.BidOrBuyGolf.com. So today's agenda is pretty much Twitter-driven. The first Twitter comment comes from HTFC Dukes, who says, how many consecutive losses would force a change and maybe considering a change of name to Andy couldn't hit a cow's backside with a banjo? I don't think we'll be changing, but... Thanks for that. So, guys, since we last recorded the podcast, there have been five games, five defeats. Southampton at home. I'm, I'm, I don't think you've suppressed that from the memory bank quite yet, have you, Neil? I'm just about, yeah, to be honest. Thanks for writing it back up. It was, uh, it was grim, to say the least. Uh, a very on-paper winnable game. They're no great shakes and they murdered us, to be honest. It was a pretty depressing afternoon. It looked a little bit rudderless, didn't we, Jamie? And, and to be fair, 
Billingsgaard from range straight down the middle of the net. And then, just as we looked like we were going to get back into it, another defensive error from someone who's been so reliable over the last couple of years. Yeah, it was a, a disappointing result, absolutely. I mean, to be honest, I wasn't hugely surprised. They'd obviously had a change in manager, change in manager just a few games before. Pulled off a couple of um, really impressive results and we were in the midst of our slump, which has obviously continued ever since. So, very disappointing result. I think just just one of many over the past couple of months. And yeah, you, you alluded to, to the mistake by Schindler there for the for the final goal for Southampton. I think there's a there's two opportunities for him to get rid of the ball and another opportunity for him to, you know, play play the game a little bit and go down and get a free kick. He's done neither and they've scored the third goal. So he's he's too handsome to hang out to dry, so we won't do <laughs> just that. That's um, enough, is it? <laughs> to be fair, there were three defensive errors from three centre backs in that game which which did us, but on to Man United. Completely honest though with Schindler on that one. He's probably done more like... than enough over his town career to let us let uh, one slide, yeah. even though it was yeah. a crucial point of a you know a big game. But I'd, I'd uh, say that one, first time we missed Moy as well because he'd been missing against Newcastle. But yeah. in that one, we controlled the game up until I mean we they did. had that breakaway. But against Southampton, we just didn't control it at all. And to go, I mean, going two 0 down is a surprise for us because we're not normally two behind. Are we normally one behind? But yeah, it's usually enough as well. Yeah, and then on to Man United, uh, Neil. Um, more zest, more attacking flavour, a lot of missed chances and out of the five, we probably had more chances to win at Old Trafford than in the other games combined. I'll be honest, it's the one that um, that completely flummoxed me because we've played so tepidly and timidly against Southampton and then they've gone away at Man U and to be fair, we've had a right good go at them in my opinion. We've put out an attacking-ish side, we've created, I mean, Congolo minimum got away at target the one that match of the day didn't show was one where Billing went clean through last minute at first half could have squared it for a two yard tapping for Depatra chose to try and beat De Gea near post there's no such thing as wide. a two yard tapping for Depatra that, that is very true there was the Bristol, Bristol City yeah. um, <laughs> but you know the option that was there for that then Depatra has declined an opportunity to hit a clear shot from penalty spot towards us He's still trying to control that ball. Now. Yeah, he is. And then, you know, he's trying to bring it back across. He said it, a, a confident of Potra last season just hits that first time. Um, but what a real go at them. And then, it, you can accept that it's Man U. And they've obviously, Solskjaer was there. They've had a bit of a renaissance under him. You know, sort of shackles are off there. So, to come away with the 3-1, not bad. It was a game after that totally sent me dizzy, to be honest, because he'd... That the Fulham one is arguably for me the worst of the lot. We'll start there, and the full as soon as I saw the team, that's the f- I think this is the first time since David Wang has become manager. I've looked at it and gone, "What are you doing?" Yeah. Three centre backs doesn't need two defensive midfielders. The lineup for me against the worst defense in the Premier League was, I was going to say conservative, but that's probably really really kind. Well, when we've put out such an attacking lineup or a more attacking lineup away at Man U, created three or four very, very good opportunities to then go and put out such a defensive lineup, like you say, against worst defence in league. I saw that team and I was, it's the first time I've actually been really, really mad about a team selection. Same. And you just, I just knew what we, you knew what was coming. And from watching the game, well, it unfolded, didn't it? We created 
the square root of nothing. Yeah, I think the um, the, the reliance on three five two or whatever kind of variety of it has been has been one of Wagner's biggest downfalls in the past in that run of games. I think at home, almost exceptional of the opposition, we should be playing four two three one. It worked well for us last season. It worked well in the promotion season, and away at teams like Fulham and and Bristol City, I know we we did do, but we we should absolutely be confident in playing that formation. Yeah. He's he's gone too far the other way to to rely on that three five two formation. I'll I'll argue that because we've been playing the four two three one since January at home for the majority, and we've scored. You take out the Bournemouth game, and we've got five goals in eighteen games or something. Um, Southampton was probably the six. And whatever system we play, we don't put people in the box. So for me, systems, I'm going to go Lee Clark again, but systems don't matter if you don't put anybody near the box. It just doesn't matter. And well, There was a stat came out this week, one that somebody's retweeted about, Mounier has won more aerial duels in the Premier League than any other player. But there's no one It's the most pointless stat that's ever been made. We all know that Mounier is bloody good in the air. It's obvious, that were obvious from the first goal he scored for us at Crystal Palace in the first game at Premier League mm. you could tell this lad is cracking in the air but aimless balls to him with no pace or just stuff that's flighted up to him yeah he'll win him but he's got pretty much zero chance of doing out with him because there is nobody anywhere near him and if the, the nearest man to him ever now is Pritchard and unfortunately how we play now Pritchard isn't the answer he um, so going back to that Fulham game, you know, I I watched that and it just seemed to be tap side side tap tap back side back side tap tap, and we didn't get anywhere. And that's highlighted by Munir having four touches in the entire first half, and the fear of losing seems to have overtaken the team as as well as confidence. And that doesn't get fixed for me by a formation change. It it just it's, it's just so now. irrelevant. It's down to mindset now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mindset is all it just looks completely wrong they all they all look absolutely shot of confidence and that's why I would, again I was disappointed with, with the team he picked it was a half decent team he picked at Bristol that should be able to go to a championship side and do a job but for me that would a chance to play your strongest side and try and get a win from anywhere at the moment a win from anywhere is what we need and that would perfect surely chance. you've got to keep Mounier in that team after the Burnley game for that Bristol one surely is that, is that, for, that for, three for, game for suspension yeah. is that his rest yeah. why Why put Depoitre back in there and he's just scored because I mean yeah. the thing is if mm. Depoitre scores a couple there I bet he's dropped for the next game anyway because yeah. that's what that's the plan at the moment yeah. he yeah. should be the third choice mm. striker by the end yeah. of this month but why are we playing him against Bristol City yeah. I don't get it it may no, I, I've made the same point on Twitter I just made I mean, no sense for me Depoitre's third choice striker already when he got to <laughs> It, it, it made no sense. Hi guys, sorry I can't be with you tonight. Uh, disappearing again out of the country. It's kind of ironic, I was just thinking when was the last time I went away. And it was just after we beaten Wolves. Wow, how different things were then. Uh, just coming away from that, I think we were 14th in the league, Brighton at home. I remember watching the game on the stream, I don't want to depress anyone before we've even spoke, but wow, who could have predicted what's happened since then. But yeah, Bristol City. <sighs> To me, the lowest point of the season so far, and we've had a few lows. You know, coming into the game, we wanted to see, you know, quite a few was in the cat wanting to see kind of, you know, what what's Wagner going to do here? Is he going to come out fighting? The other Sultan going to go with two wingers? Are they really going to have a go at Bristol City? We knew 
Bristol probably mix and match teams, speaking to the locals before the game. Uh, looked at the town team, obviously we didn't know if punching was available. Turns out that he was and must admit, when we saw the team news about half past four, I thought, yeah, OK. No surprise, uh, you know, punching's available and straight in, really. We are struggling. Uh, again, De Potter in instead of Mooney, still don't get that, but obviously it's kind of, this is what it seems to be, one game in for one and one game out for the other. And off we went. The game started. The first thing I to notice, the town fans, there must, I don't know what the official kind of figure given out, but there must have been a good six, 700 there. Fantastic support. But we watched in the gas. The first half was, to me, the worst of the season by a country mile. Anyone who watched it, obviously, on the stream and at the ground, it was terrible. It was absolutely awful. I think what worried me most of all, really, we had guys there who, you know, that just lacking quality. Zanka. What has happened to the guy? He seems to have just fallen off a cliff. You're passing the ball out time after time. Dreadful. I thought, Gikabe. He <laughs> just looked a stranger, which is probably where he's been, you know, most of the season, obviously, been back to France. And it was the same old passing across the back. Hogg was as, as good as a centre back to Stankovic, back to Hogg. It was absolute dross. And to be honest with you, De Potra, it's 45 minutes. I, don't, I just don't get the man whether he's kind of just given up or what. Because he just played Arsenal, we talked about in the pod, he was really, really hungry, really up for it. Man United, I thought he played well, obviously should have scored, but Saturday, wow. It was a terrible performance. And deservedly hold off at half time. I mean, it's always a good gauge, I think, with his support when there's people heading down for a beers after 30 minutes. People would have had enough. They were absolute rubbish. And Bristol were not much better. Obviously, headed against the bar, their guy, and should have been in front probably at half time. But so you're thinking at half time, what's he going to do? And to be fair to him, he came out, uh, brings on Pritchard, brings on Mooney. And, and yeah, we advanced towards the goal without looking, you know. I mean, the ball goes to the wing. We just seem to play one way, nothing down the middle, really. Really, really poor. Obviously, the love for Mooney, but the guy, to be fair, he loved the keeper, but the, the guy sent half cleared it with ease. And Pritchard, again, a great chance, but this is where we're at, just slashed it. But after that, absolutely nothing. You're looking for Premier League quality. We know we're poor, but there were nothing there. It was dreadful. But to be fair, I didn't see Bristol scoring. I thought it was destined for another game, which, well, that would have been an hard sell for the commercial team, but lo and behold, Bristol create a chance and probably deserve to win to be honest with you. I thought Aimer could have done better beating it, it's near post and wow. It was just abject silence on the in the away end. I remember looking across at Wagner, just arms folded. Don't know, the spark just didn't seem to be there. It was so gutting. I think a lot of us I mean I personally like a bit of a cup run, I think the season's dying. You know, they, they kept it going, but a lot of people probably just wanted to see something's better. You know, some hope, but to me it was a low, it was really low. The second half a bit better than the first, but wow, we couldn't have been any worse. And bearing in mind we're playing championship opposition, which we're probably going to play next year. If that's a gauge, then some of them players need to be moved on fast. There's only one shining light, it's incredible really. There's a lot of negativity about the signing, and probably me included, 32-year-old Jason Punchin, never played any football for a long time. Easily Huddersfield's best player. Didn't look fit to me. I suppose how could he be, he's hardly played. He was... Uh, you know, trying to make things happen in the engine room. He was threading balls through for non-existent runs, which you can get used to that, Jason. But yeah, I like what I saw with him. Desperate though, isn't it, that when you've got a guy on loan who comes in and just like head and shoulders above anything, really. <laughs> but yeah, really depressing. 
poof, coming away from the ground. So sorry for those that, I mean, we had a, a night on the, the town, so we had, we had a good time, but those that just came on the bus, you know, I know it was only a pound or whatever it was, but what a dejection. Honestly, don't know where we go from here, to be honest with you. And I think Neil Warnock, if he was sat in the stand, licking his lips on uh, that evidence on Saturday, so depressing. You're looking for people to put their hands up for shit, so there's nothing. And yeah, out of the FA Cup we go. We, we went 4-2-3-1, didn't we, against Burnley. Um, great. Uh, another flash at Old Trafford. We saw a little flash from Mbenza. We've seen another little flash. Probably not seen quite enough, but we're starting to see there is something there that we can maybe unlock with him. That's a great ball he's put in for Mounier. And then from going 1-0 up, and they probably had a couple of chances whereby they could have been 1-0 up as well. But from that position of strength, you can see that lack of confidence in how we've contrived to lose that game. Do you apportion any blame to Schindler for not realising he'd been yellow carded or do you put that to Mike Dean, Danny? Well, I miss Burnley game by choice, which is the first time I've done that in my adult life. It was basically because of that, that Fulham game, but I had a bad day at work in terms of getting stuck on motorway. I was rushing around and I thought, why am I even doing this? Because I'm not looking forward to it. I'd rather just take dog out for a walk. I'll listen to it and I'll follow it on Twitter. Um, so that's what I did. So I can't tell you a great deal about that game, I'm afraid. I'll to you then, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, I think um, both challenges are yellow card challenges, frankly. And, you know, that results in a red card, like it or not. No, no, there's the whole situation around Mike Dean being this celebrity ref and, and demanding the attention but I think it just goes to show the fact that Wagner didn't argue against the decision you know straight away he had the opportunity in the post-match interview to say even something about the fact that there were maybe one of them wasn't a yellow card but he didn't he was quite happy with the decision I don't think anyone since then has really argued to be honest I thought what was a bit more ridiculous was the sending off for Brady for Burnley at the time I thought that was very harsh but on watching the replays you yeah, can tell why he's made that decision at the time I just thought he was trying to even things up and I was I was laughing really but yeah it was a dangerous tackle in hindsight after seeing it so Neil I, we, we've all we've we've all played football here don't we um, and when a teammate gets booked one of the first things that as me as a goalkeeper you as a centre-back one of the first things that you would say is you've been booked watch what you're doing it's just natural and it shows the lack of confidence and I don't see Zanka speaking to anybody on the pitch anymore. He's a bit of a leader last year. His head is, is down and him playing Mitrovic onside for Fulham's last-minute winner was really poor Do You know, in, in terms of following. I'm, I'm a big fan of Zanka. I think he's a great guy, but his head's down. And Should people around Schindler be doing more? Should Or is Schindler ultimately responsible for if, a stupid red card? Yeah, he is. Because he should know he's being booked. But at the same time, if you're in a team that's got leaders in it, if Tommy Smith's playing in that game and he's captain that day, I can guarantee you Tommy Smith lets Schindler know full well that he's on a yellow. There's no doubt in that. It's all about communication. These are Premier League footballers. I'd expect that from lads I have to manage and play with in Sunday League. That's, that's minimum requirement. You pass on information. Anything that could have been missed, you pass it on. It's just basic. These are basic stuff and it's, it's not stuff that you should have to teach on a training ground. So that just shows me at the moment the total lack of leadership, direction, confidence that's in that team. And uh, the one thing that should have galvanised and Lossell's pulled off that penalty save away at Fulham. There's less than 10 minutes left. That 
could have been and should have been a turning point for our season. That that's when we should have been saying, right, that is, you know, we've got out of jail here. Because it was a penalty. There's no argument about it. It was a penalty. We've got away with it. Lost was a good save. But then we we, we didn't push on from that. We just sort of, and then how that goal occurred, it was just shambolic. From, I mean, I, I know Billings made an ash of it, but that's basically on edge of other penalty area. It's a tired effort. And then yeah, mm. but then within ten seconds, there's still other people in other areas. But within 10 seconds, it's in net at the other end. Mm. And it just shows a complete lack of confidence, leadership, communication, all those things that you need, all those things that should be minimum for a Premier League football team. And unfortunately, as sad as it sounds, we look anything but a Premier League team at the moment. Town play down the left and Moy stayed onside. Here's Mounier! 2-0 Huddersfield Town on the opening day of the Premier League! Take to Twitter because we've had some comments regarding player confidence and HTFC images. Uh, Claire Taylor and um, at DT underscore PLC. I don't think that's Dave Throw Falsax, but who knows? I've <laughs> uh, all kind of gone along the same lines and sort of said, so I'll aim this at you, Jamie. Um, do you think players should all, because you're in the cowshed lol, you're one of the ones vocally backing the team. Do you think all players should? Walk around the pitch at the end of the game, just not a few win, lose or draw. Should it do them good? Does that show the fact that they're not doing that? Does that show some form of disunity? Do you think, or does it show that confidence is down? Because I watched Burnley and Jonathan Hogg stormed off it with face of thunder, and I can I can understand that. But some of them are just kind of tropes enough, heads down. Should they get together at the end, win, lose or draw, and, and do that lap? I think. Does it matter? Uh, does it matter? Probably not in the grand scheme of things. I, I think that they should, if they can, you know, find it in themselves to think that that's the right thing to do. Then, then I think it would be appreciated by the fans because obviously the fans are there largely through thick or thin. I mean, we've seen some absolute rubbish this season, and we saw quite a lot of rubbish last season as well. To say that we're still getting twenty thousand plus crowds is pretty admirable. It's very difficult to put yourself in the mind of a footballer after slogging it out for ninety. 395 minutes having just lost for the eighth ninth time running to then want to do a lap of the pitch and, yeah. and applaud the fans you don't really thing is you though, can never say that you were in the mood for that if, if I saw Jonathan Hogg storming back into the dressing room I think I'd fancy staying out for a couple of minutes <laughs> to be fair to you yeah. so Claire Claire backs up with saying it's mostly Lossel and Zanka that do do that and I think we always say that those two are pretty much the it two is, nicest yeah. guys around you know, they are the nice blokes but people read so much into stuff, to be honest. I think it's one of them where if you've played football or been involved at any level of football, if you've just lost and if you're on a run like we are at the moment where you, just, where you lose, 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 the last thing you... I'm not saying on a Sunday morning you do a lap at pitch anyway, but the last thing you want to do is even go and socialise with other team after the game as a Sunday league side. The last thing you want to do is go hear them in showers next in, next changing room, celebrating, whatever else. So these blokes are getting paid a lot of money to play football. And I can I can un- fully understand why they want to get in the changing room, get in the shower, have a rant. I mean, I don't think for a minute it's a silent dressing room after the game. I think there's plenty being said. You know, these are all professional men. These are grown men who want the same thing. They all want to win games of football. And it will hurt and whatever anybody says. Yeah, there seemed to be a bit of a delay after the Bristol City game with Wagner doing his post-match stuff. So there's obviously... Yeah. 
a few truths been said and let, let's people. hope there is and let, you know I want him going in there and whether it's his way or not at some point somebody needs a good shouting out don't they oh, it, it, can, it, it needs it needs somebody to get a grip of it whether that be Wagner whether it be Bueller whether it be Andy Hughes whoever it needs somebody to get a grip of them and get them up for it again because they, they, they look forlorn they look completely lost there's no there doesn't seem to be much plan Neil speaking of plans so the last three comments from Twitter on that <coughs> surround the lack of your mate Andy Farrell or our mate Andy Farrell if you like has said the lack of ter- where's the lack of Terrier spirit gone where's the fear uh, the lack of fear that got us to where we are um, Jody Calvert says uh, how can I feel so confused uh, with emotions about my team all at once I'm and, just how she feels yeah I think we all do yeah. yeah. And, and Richard Crowther says we appear to have stopped playing the pressing game against the sides we have a reasonable chance of beating but continue to do it against the better sides like Old Trafford do you think that's another sign of confidence just to wrap this section up yeah short and sweet can't win that boy. He's going to chase the keeper down. He's charging down. Hayford has just scored for the most bizarre goal you'll ever see. The goalkeeper raced out of his area to clear the ball. Hayford charged it down. It's hit his back and it's bubbled in. And Town have got what they deserve. What was very welcoming was on New Year's Eve. We had a speech from the chairman Dean Hoyle so it was genuinely great to hear from Dean um, happy new year to the chairman and his family and hopefully 2019 is a great year for all of us uh, on and off the pitch uh, he produced a statement and I will only pick out I'm only going to pick out a certain section of the statement because that's pertinent to our next point uh, and Dean has said Uh, For my part, I can only say this. I will not allow us to sleepwalk into relegation. I can promise you that we will fight with everything we have. That is my minimum expectation. Behind the scenes, we are constantly challenging everything that we do in a quest to improve. In all departments, people are under pressure to deliver. That's how you get better. The January transfer window opens tomorrow, and that's a big talking point in the media and for our fans. Understandably, we will be active in this window, but not at the financial risk of the club. There is a balance to be struck for sure, and we will strive to get that balance between risk and reward correct. We all know how far this club has come in recent years, and I know every fan is proud of that, but that cannot be an excuse for not doing everything we can to be successful in the here and now. And it was a great statement. I think fans are getting slightly apathetic at certain points in one angle, angry in the other, and that was... A very much needed statement. Um, Dean Ball says, was it wrong of Hoyle to say early season that D, uh, DW, David Wagner, should not be sacked or would not be sacked no matter what? Surely there's no better incentive to perform knowing your job is at risk. But I think that was he's last a, season. Really. He's, he's a proud man, is Wagner. There's no way that he'd, he'd moseying and out of work, sort of non-committal. He'll, he'll still be giving it absolutely everything and he will be as cheesed off as everybody else. I can guarantee that. So I, I love... Dean's fighting statement, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. We all yeah. needed to hear that. So we'll link that in with the January window that opened on the 1st as well. Arms with the flick, Johnson with the turn, Johnson with the goal. And the game turned on its head. Um, for me, it was timely, it was needed. As we say, some supporters are starting to lose themselves a little bit, aren't they? Nine defeats in a row, 
I think all of us struggle to rationalise that in the heat of the moment sometimes and a lot of people make a lot of noise. We make noise. Um, but there is that danger of apathy coming back. However, it does feel a little bit like we've maybe sleepwalked into the January transfer window. I know it's not easy to nail transfer targets in January. The prices are inflated. Players are less likely to be available. But we've known that we've needed a forward for months. We won't sleepwalk into relegation, was what he said, but should we be backing up statements like that with actions as well as fighting words? And should we have had something lined up by now in terms of a forward, Neil? I'd say yeah, but my only... Yeah, and I'm a cheese off as everybody else. I think we should have had somebody lined up ready to walk in the door prior to the Burnley game because we've known for a long time where the shortfall is. I don't think I think you can line somebody up like you can line punching up who's the club's prepared to let him to leave but I think when you talk about somebody like the um, Mope and Son and Brentford if they don't want him to go they're going to I understand that we might have lined him up and might have put a bid in but they're going to hold out until end of January mm. to up but, his price so. well my, my second point on that one the problem we've got is where we are in the league the situation with the points whereas what are we eight points behind safety mm-hmm. so that's minimum three games that we need to win on the bounce, hoping everybody above us gets nothing. We've won two games all season. How attractive is that to a player coming in? You're going to come in on a premiership wage. It's going to be written into your contract that in probably looking very likely in three or four months' time, that wage is going to be cut because you're going to be relegated out of championship. Are we, can we buy championship players now ready for next season? How, how, how do you sell that to a player we're buying you for next season it looks like we're going down but we're buying you for next season we, we are in an awful situation for buying at the moment in my opinion then can we not loan because you're allowed two yeah, absolutely. two domestic we can, we can but loan. unlimited foreign but then you're linked with a loan for Solanke for god knows how long and everyone thinks because of Liverpool including myself you're thinking that's got to be one of the easiest loans you're ever going to make. And then all of a sudden, Bournemouth are paying 19 million quid for the player who can't kick a ball till February. Mm. Which, that, that's what we're up against. You know, it's, it's not as easy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's been great to have somebody through the door. But I think because of the situation at the moment, I think it is becoming increasingly difficult as a sell. So. Yeah, I think, I mean, we need people to come in. We need a player to come in and play the very next game, centre forward, and start scoring goals immediately. There's very few strikers out there who qualify, who are going to come to Huddersfield Town in the current position, who are going to come to Huddersfield Town flat out. And then you've got the likes of Solanke going for £19 million to Bournemouth, and he could flop, he could flop in the next 12 months. Yeah. And Bournemouth are just splashing the cash like there's no tomorrow, and there'll be likes of Fulham and Wolves will do exactly the same. Cinderella story. I, yeah, I just don't know how we as a club can attract that type of player who qualifies as the kind of player that we need, which is someone to come in and start scoring. You know, we need a 20-goal season striker. To be honest, and, th- and this will probably get shot down by a lot of people on Twitter, but I'm going to say it anyway. We, for me, we've already got a striker in that club who, if we played to his strengths a lot more, wouldn't be on the situation where he's only got one goal now. Or he would have at least had the chance to create more for us if we had more bodies in around. So I think a lot yeah. of it is d- down to line up formations, how we've played, how we've not utilised 
such a good asset. And let's be fair, Mounier is a big, big, big asset for me. So yeah. could we maybe bring in a number 10, unlike Pritchard, who can get forward and advance past him? And this is obviously a fantasy signing because we don't know who, exa- who exactly we're in for, but you need to use your connections within football. And we'll go back to Liverpool, and we've seen that, for example, I know this is not going to happen, but Adam Lallana is available apparently too, and Fenerbahce have been linked with him. As David Wagner, do you not say, Jürgen, old friend, old pal, you've done nothing for me since Danny Ward, I need this. And do the club push that boat? He's, he's obviously going to be on it towards 100 grand a week, isn't he? Would you, as the chairman, would you sanction something like that and break the wage structure to bring him in temporarily until June and and take that possible hit that maybe one or two will be unhappy? Possibly, but if you're Adam Lallana... That's the other yeah. question, yeah. But are, are you going to go want to play for a team who was looking absolutely yeah. sunk? It depends how you sell it. For six months, he could put himself in the window and be signed in the summer for someone decent if he performs. He's it, still... it, it could, but to me, Adam Lallana's... Somebody, or somebody if, 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 if you, somebody if you, like if that. If we stay up, long shot, I get that. But if we stayed up and somebody like Lallana's still out of the picture at Liverpool, I'd see that as a next season, possible start of the season, six-month loan. Mm-hmm. if we've stayed up but at the moment I just think the situation that we're in be fair, if you're a player you're looking and thinking nah you're alright yeah. <laughs> you could look at Sturridge last season at West Brom I mean they looked nailed on for relegation but I mean yeah. he didn't do anything there did he so he got mm. injured yeah. after about he didn't do anything yeah. last night I think he moved and about five yards if rumours are to believe they actually upped his wage from what he was getting at Liverpool to secure him on loan so we're getting about £120,000 yeah, a, a week I mean we're going to be very very Prudent as a club because yeah. of the the history of the club in in terms of the administration. Hoyle that's said, right, in, to be "Yeah, fair. it's and, right." You it? know, there's a quote from that statement that you read out, Matt, that said, "You know, they're never going to put the the club at risk." Can't remember the exact wording. So they're not going to be going out and paying someone hundred grand a week for six months or paying nineteen million pounds. Even temporarily, not- would you maybe do it temporarily? Because the worst thing that happens is we know that when if we go down, that Moy, Bill, and Congolo, they're off. You know, they're, they're too good. Would you then say, would we maybe bring someone in short term, long term, we're, we're probably going to sell these guys and it's not going to take a long term financial hit? I, I or is it still I, too I much? I said this on the pod not that long ago before this run hit. Is this on your BBC moonlighting? <laughs> <laughs> that I'd, I'd have been tempted prior to this nine game run. If you're talking after the side that's basically taken a good wolf side apart live on telly. For me, at that point, you're looking at, I would have spent, obviously it's I, it's not the club, but I, I'd have spent 20, 25 million quid on a striker. It's easy to spend other people. It is, isn't it? but yeah. that said, you've got parachute payments again. Yep. And let's be fair, you, you spend that kind of money on a striker in January, if this nine game losing run hasn't happened and the form's carried on decent after Wolves, and you go down, surely... It's not rocket science that you've written something into his contract where he can clear off for whatever. No. And let's be fair, if you lost five million quid on it, yeah, it sounds easy to throw five million quid away. But if that, that you don't get anyone for five million. No, million. but if, no, I mean on if you've bought somebody for twenty five yeah, yeah, and then you've yeah, sold yeah. somebody back okay, for twenty to get them off at books, that it's a little bit of an it. But that could have kept you up. So one player for that now. One player that I wanted, Solanke was one on loan. I thought that'd be a good one. Uh, Morpé is another one. Uh, one player that I thought would be quite a good fit for us, um, and it, he, this is one of the reasons why the 
January transfer window depressed me after two days. And Danny, I'm going to ask you this question as well, because you were quite philosophical about our summer dealings, you know, in terms of what we did and who we brought in and why. And Tammy Abraham was a name that got linked with us. And I looked at him and thought, do you know what? He's quick. He gets between the lines. He scores goals. He's a, I look at him as a bit of a flat track bully. He scores against the poorer teams because he's stronger and quicker. But if he comes in, he's 21-22. 18 million was the figure quoted. This was before the 120 grand a week Wolves link was pushed around. But apparently Chelsea were open to selling him for 18 million. He's going to come in on a big wage. He didn't do great at Swansea last year, admittedly. But he's proven the league below. Worst comes to worst is he, he does well, scores goals. You sell him in the summer if you go down. If you go down, you know you've got someone who will score goals and strikers are a premium. He will either fire his back up or double in value, potentially. Would would would, would you do that? But the thing what depressed me, and I'll go back to you now, Danny, is that we were out of the running within minutes of that link because Wolves are coming and offered 120 grand a week. And now, does this now indicate as to why we've maybe gone down the route we did in the summer rather than the links that we had in the summer for Shakiri, which now seems daft, doesn't it, when you look at what's happened? Yeah. We were linked with players like him. Lim Bombay apparently wanted a, an absolute fortune and he's. Oh, I think we've dodged a bullet on him anyway. But this, does this now show... Where we're shopping, that we're perhaps shopping at Lidl and not Waitrose. We'll on him, but we've hit a couple of straight <laughs> yeah. bit of crossfire. Yeah. It, it does, but should we have been looking at Tammy Abraham in the summer when he's ended up at Villa? Because we we do need something. I think play, for the players as well, because I mean they they must look at like De Poitre missing those chances and, and think the same thing. It's like I need somebody to I need somebody in the box who's gonna you know who's gonna finish chances like that. But I mean, aside from that, what you've got to what we've got to understand is that in training, our defenders are up against Mounier and De Poitre. They're not facing somebody quick on the who's fast with the feet on the floor. So how do you get how do you get that concentration out of Zanka and Schindler for for, mm. for coming up against somebody like that? I really think we need we need somebody of that in that sort of mould, somebody different who's who's quick and good with it at the feet. But yeah, how do you find somebody? But I, I would like to see a different type of striker. I said this in the summer. I, I wanted a different type of striker. I didn't expect Mounier not to be or to be in this position because um, I I, I, I've liked Neil Morpé for quite a while and he's a different type and he reminds me a little bit, not, not massively, but he reminds me of the type that Robert Firmino is in that he, he can drop off and he can link things, almost like Naki Wells did last year. And... For me, someone like him would really help us in that final third where he drops off and people then can move off him. Um, but we seem to have got two similar types, you know, and, and you've said there that... Yeah, I should just point out that I'm not knocking Mooney. I'm knocking De Poitre, but I'm not knocking Mooney. I'm happy no, but you with need Mooney different, squad, don't but you? But you do need something different, like I say, at least for the training, because you, you're just coming up against them in training and what, what are they offering that we're facing every week in the Premier League? It's not the same thing. So... We're about well. We're almost twenty five percent through the window, aren't we? I I would have hoped we had something lined up for the I think start. That said, though, there's only I, five I teams signed. And done for Cardiff. Yeah. yeah, I did. I but mean, we might still get that because we're recording this on. It's on possible a Tuesday. that they did, and the recent run of results has just scuppered that yeah. deal. Yeah. As you say, a loan mm-hmm. a loan deal for a player who's going to come to a club in sixteenth, seventeenth is very different to someone coming into a club in 20th, eight points adrift yeah, at the bottom no, because yeah. they, they might be a top-class player, but they're not going to be able to show their ability in a team that's playing as bad as we are. And they don't want a relegation on the CV. Exactly, yeah. Four-wheels football. Yeah. Yeah. Pritchard had joined us last season in this position. No. I mean, we're, we're under threat 
when he signed for us, but we were pretty much certainties for relegation like we are now. No, we're down. I don't want to see yeah. yeah. We're pretty much down, aren't we? Yeah. Let's be fair. We're a very unattractive Defeated. proposition, as you yeah. said, Neil. <laughs> this is the first time I've actually openly said I think we'll go down, though. And I've not that, put the big. I've not put the bottom seven on the agenda but because let's be honest. I just don't see the point. Let's be honest. The, nobody, after walking out of that Wolves game, where we were absolutely top draw for 90 minutes, we've murdered them. Nobody could have foreseen this. But somebody, somebody so signings club, lined up. With somebody at our club has got to be able to sell Huddersfield Town as an attractive proposition because I, th- I th- coming th- down. I think you're right, but to be fair, I think is Huddersfield not more attractive than Brentford though at the minute. That's, I, what, I, that's, I what, th- that's what we've got to be selling ourselves. London, isn't it? Mm. But yeah, surely yeah, that, it's that, Brentford. Your pro- it's you can London. you can double his wage. You can live in Leeds yeah, and Manchester. He might be thinking I bang in another fifteen goals for Brentford and Maybe. I get a Premiership move in the summer. Yeah. Maybe. Rather but if he bang, if he bangs in ten for us before now and the end of the season, he probably does as well. Well, oh, yeah. I think the, big, the biggest problem for me is you, you well, can't sell. No it one's going to bang in ten. I think, <laughs> you, can't, yeah. you can't sell it on back in ninety feet, eight points adrift. That's it's difficult. That's what this is. Doing. This is why we've been saying we needed somebody for months, and this should have been teed up months ago with pretty much the button left to press yeah. for me. This but I understand up, it's yeah. difficult. The only, I understand the only options you're going to be left up with, in the summer. if we're being brutally honest, are either foreigners that we've already got a boatload of that just want to come and get into the Premier League anywhere but that they can, or a, a youngster on loan. That, that if we're being completely realistic. That's what you get. That's what I was you get. I was watching Liverpool Wolves last night, and there's a young Liverpool midfielder. And if Wagner's still in charge next season, I would imagine he might be someone who they would look at. I think it was Curtis Jones who was called. So I think that's probably one that might crop up in the summer. Maybe one to watch. Who knows? That's a guess, by the way. It's nothing. No inside info. Or anything. I've written down. Um, right. So we're, we're complaining about not signing players a little bit or discussing that, but we actually have signed someone. So Jason Punchin has come in and. To be honest, at first I was a little bit underwhelmed initially. But having thought about this a bit more, one of the cornerstones of our success, if you like, has been experienced players like Martin Craney, Mark Hudson, Dean Whitehead in training. Um, And having a young side able to train and these older players setting an example for them on the training field. They've crossed over now to the other side, if you like. Uh, And Martin Craney's obviously left the club. So having an experienced pro who's avoided relegation three times from the Premier League, I think it was Palace, uh, makes a bit of sense to me and he looks to be filling in currently for Moy until Moy's back. Do you think that's a good move? I I, I think in isolation, if that's our only move, I think there's a few people face-palming, but in isolation, is this a good move? I think, I've think i actually started to think this is actually quite a good move. I think it's a decent addition, to be honest. Yeah. I, I'll probably like you when I first heard it. A bit, Jason Punchin, can't get in at Palace, whatever. But he's not going to solve our goal scoring problem. I think no, he's, he's I don't think he's scored for three years. So I don't, but he's not been brought in for that he's, he's, reason. He's, he's, he's clearly in. He's clearly in to try and fill Moy's boots for yeah. however long Moy's out. He's not in for his corners then, is he? After that, <laughs> <one of Bristol's laughs> no. Scene. No. But to be fair, we're actually a strange one because Wagner's not known for throwing new signings straight in. Mm. So I think they they could clearly see the need that we need to get these. Yeah. And, he did all and right, to be fair, signing he? senior pros, which is something we've not done yeah. in the last three years. That was a bit. That's a bit sort of out of the box for Town, which again, I'm happy with. Yeah, I think one of the big failings of of Town since getting promoted was was the lack of Premier League experience in the squad. And you never want to go after the the journeyman who's after his final paycheck, yeah. but as as a lot of promoted clubs do. But 
we we were you know there's one extreme to the other and we were the other we we had a handful of Premier League ex, uh, games with the likes of Hudson and Hogg I think Craney had played once yeah. Yeah, one time ago I'm I'm quite happy with the signing of Punchin and I was from the moment that, that the rumour started coming in I've always rated him he's definitely past his best we wouldn't yeah. be signing him if he was still at his peak but I think he could come in and do a decent job and to be honest I think it's probably been done with next season in mind because he would be a good player at championship level next season. So if we can give him a four-month loan deal... Yeah. I'd, I'd have been delighted him. if we were chasing promotion and brought him in. He yeah, is, really he's, he's also Absolutely. one of those players that it's no risk for him this week. He's putting himself in the yeah. window, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, because yeah. He's, he's at a contract end of the season at Palace. He's yeah. not getting one. This this is what I was saying earlier with so the striker. So he's got the chance yeah. to go and play and it's no risk Premier League football. No risk for, no us, for, us, it's our yeah. for us. And if we get in another two or three of that ilk, decent window, to be honest. I, mm. I think if we go... Da- I know we don't like doing negative, but if we go down, it's looking likely, we will lose probably lose Moy and Billing unless... A miracle happens because they're quality players. Jason Punchin there with Bakuna or Brian doesn't look too bad really as future succession planning either. And one thing we've done in the window is we've we seem to be looking at succession planning. Jaden Brown has come in from Tottenham, yeah. and I've been quite quiet on the whole academy thing. I didn't like what happened, and the recruitment for the academy looked a little bit lacks for me um, the players that were coming in weren't especially we, we, we expected Billings you know that were coming in you know for 5-10 grand even Sondra Tronstad you know players like that coming in to play with the development squad and we're not really seeing anything so I've been kind of like holding fire to see what's happening and I'm really pleased to see that we've got an England under 19 I think he's international or under 20 international coming through and he's chosen to come to us instead of signing a new contract for Tottenham and I think that's a really positive move especially when you look at Eric Derms on a, a short contract, Chris Lervers, I think he's up in 12 months, I think it's 2020 it goes to. And to me, that looks like a really good move and it's good to see the club looking at long, t- long medium-term planning finally. For next season, if if we are in championship, I'd like to see like this Dehaney, Brown, Matty Daly, Lewis O'Brien, all in and part of the first-team squad. And I know I'll, I'll take Cosy's mantle for for a pod on mentioning the, that mob down road, but credit to them, they they put in a lot of younger players, and it's working for them. And I think so. At some point, you've just got to be brave and use your own homegrown players and get them in there, and let's find out if they're good enough or not. Probably. I think to play young players, though, you've got to have players that are good enough around them. I think that's maybe where we've fallen down in the championship is we've been around 18th, 19th, not yeah. you know struggling to stay up, and we've thrown a couple of kids in, and you know they've been expected, they haven't been carried through. Whereas I think other clubs who do bring them through have quality players who can carry them through and help them grow, and hopefully that's what we see going forward. So uh, we have had Twitter reaction quite a lot um, with the January window, so I'll, I'll fly through some of these. Um, we've had. At HTFC Images again says, um, is our weakness that we don't have anyone to run and drive the ball forward like Williams and Moy at the minute? Um, i.e. let's make an easy sideways pass or backwards is is the lack of thrust. And I'd throw Van Lepara into that as well. I was just going to mention mm-hmm. Van Lepara, yeah. I think, I think we've got a player like that and it's Billing. 
yeah, he's yeah, trying yeah, forward. Yeah. He makes up so much ground and defense. Fast and, and, and with it as well. It's deceptively fast. The opposition midfielders don't seem comfortable going into a challenge with him, and he does make up a lot of ground. He just doesn't do it enough because he sits in that deep lying role, pinging balls left and right. He's got some real strength moving forward. I think we're not utilizing that enough. But um, yeah, in the wide areas, you know, you mentioned Valmafara, Danny's. I can't believe that we've let him go out on loan. He was one of our top three players for me last season. Clearly something's gone yes, on yes, behind the scenes, good. which we don't necessarily know. We can only we'll, speculate. Uh, speculate we? to, but yeah, it's a, it's a real shame to see him go and a real shame to have not seen him play this season. I, I, I'd argue we wouldn't be where we are. Yeah, we you're you're right on Billing. I mean, that Man United game on Boxing Day, Billing was, he, he wanted the ball and he wanted the ball against world-class players like Pogba and so on and he wanted to show what he could do. He'd I, I done was that gonna, against Man City. I was going to well. say, I said, I came away from that saying, Billing versus Pogba, you, you can't take out the two Pogba goals, really, but you take that to one side and there wasn't much difference yeah. in the performance between the two. I've got a friend who's a season ticket holder at Man U. He's actually one of the few that lives over here but does go and he goes all over and he run me after the game just to have a bit of a chat about it and what have you. And uh, he said oh, the, the talk where he was sat in Stretford End were all about Billing. They're all about him, and He's they could see him being notice. their kind of player. So, mm. yeah, there were still a few town fans knocking him. Well, but I mean, he made mistakes. <laughs> but the thing, the thing is, whoppers, the thing is that stood out for me is that he, he always wanted the ball. Yeah, he, he want. There were some of them against Man United who looked scared. I mean, Flo and so on. To me, they looked like they got the ball, and the first thought was, "How do I get, get rid of this? I get yeah. rid of this to one of my teammates." Whereas Billing was constantly showing for it. When he got it, he was composed on it. He made some mistakes, sure he did, but. He was stand out for me. He's growing. That's why I was surprised to see him Benzer get taken off at Man U because he, he was doing all right. He, he, he was one of those on that day who was showing football and tried to get it and beat a man, and and it actually all went a bit pear shaped when and Benzer and Kachunga went off. It's a strange yeah. sub, wasn't it? Was Odd. it a Benzer for Lover? Odd, yeah. He also follows it up with saying, "Has Depoitier retired himself this year?" <laughs> Looks like it, doesn't it? And uh, do we have the right characters on the pitch? I.e., Derm's experience versus the flow. Um, Alfie Kennedy, I'm going to throw this at you, Danny, because I know you're a fan. Um, Pritchard, would you sell him if offered a decent amount? I think he's been extremely poor for the amount we paid for him. In this January window, only if we could replace him with somebody, because I don't think we've got another n- number 10 that can that can play that role. Not really, no. I don't, I don't, he has been disappointing, um, but I think he is one of those few attacking threats that we've got, but yeah, he's not been great, but... We've, all, we've just got to have one eye on next season, haven't we? I mean, he was so good in the championship for Norwich. He, he should be able to reach those highs with us as well. I agree. I don't think he's been the player that I expected him to be since he came in. We need someone to come in and, and compete for him in that position. But to get rid of him and not bring in someone of, of equal quality for the league below would yeah. be foolish. But I think it's one of those, again, where we said if we, we don't need two uh, defensive midfielders and that would help him out as well if we weren't playing with those two defensive midfielders as well as three centre-backs in that Fulham game. I'll go back to what I said in episode four, I think it was, because I don't remember that because Reese was here. And <laughs> so the thread's when it comes up at the top of the thing. I think I don't think he's a bad player. I just think he's the wrong type of player for us. And that's all. I don't think it makes him a bad player or a poor player. I just don't think his style suits us. And for me, I agree, Danny. If if we could replace him, then yeah. But I don't think we could. I don't think we could. And he works incredibly hard for, for his hard. size. He, mm. he lacks the one thing that all good number tens at this level need. He's nowhere near quick enough. No, and he's, he seems to scuff a lot at the minute as well. But 
He's, he's, to be fair, he's working hard and he's not one of our problems. It's just yeah. with having a target man in front of him and no movement from out wide just doesn't suit him. Yeah, I think if you go back to that Wolves game where he linked up so well as Mounier yeah. and, and the midfield, and that's, yeah. what we, that's where we need him at, he's playing like that. But we're not playing like that, are we? That's so right, it's so surprising. He's he gone so wrong after such a good performance and he can't put it all down to Adam Moy not being... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You can't. Because then you are basically saying, say without Moy, we might as well forget the season mm. and you can't deal with that. We bossed that game against Newcastle without Moy. See, yeah, we have we done it. We did. But I did say before the season started, the one person that we needed backup for was Moy. Yeah, whether he's injured or not, we, we wouldn't have him now anyway, would we? No, so no, that, no yeah, that, right, that, that would be point in pre-season. Yeah, we needed, so. we needed another central midfielder because Danny Williams... Isn't an Aaron Moy. Danny Williams is more of a Signal. old type yeah. role, and he's always injured. I think he's a bit in between, to be honest. Yeah, for for Reading, everything went through Williams for Reading. But, but we need, for me, we level, just needed to really commit to another midfielder, and we got Bakuna, even didn't put we a bit of pressure on Moy. You know, because mm. he's he's pretty much if he's fit, he's playing in it because he's simply our best player. We've got but the for similar types. We've got Billing and, and Bakuna, but they're not. Billing can B- play. Billing, Billing has been very but, good this season for but me. Bakun is not his level. B- Bakun is, is just not. He's nowhere near this level yet for me. Nowhere near. I'd, ideally, he'd be out on a loan at a championship. Yeah, absolutely. Now, yeah. I think. But, yeah. yeah, it was a bit of a bizarre but the, decision the, to play the, the, the transfer window in the summer was lacking two big players for me: central midfielder and another striker. And I think our season's a lot different with those two signings. I'd, I think we needed a quality player behind the striker first and foremost, and we just didn't do it for me. But we can go back over that, whatever. But so some of the final things. So Watson, Malky, um, both say the similar thing. Should we start planning for the championship now? But I think we've pretty much covered covered that. It's a case of trying to get what we can get, isn't it? From now, uh, Andre Nanj, I think it is. Uh, apologies if that's mispronounced. Uh, he said, "Is is what's missing from our performance a?" a marquee signing could there be a quick fix would like I mentioned with Lalana, I know it's fantasy talk I'm not going to sit here and say we should be signing him because it's not not very feasible but would a quick marquee signing all of a sudden lift everybody at the club fans players is it worth it no no I, it sounds brilliant I just think it's gone too far I just think too far adrift yeah I, I, I genuinely and I'm probably one of the most positive people ever in ground, but I genuinely cannot see us getting out of this and throwing now 15, 20 million at a player for this season. 
But what you don't want to do is go down in with this mood we've got now. Can you imagine if 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 you finish the season with a run, you change that with it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think if we, I think a lot's going to change in the summer. Yeah. You know, if we go down or if we stay up, a lot's going to change. Wagner's going to leave. He's either going to leave or he'll get fired. I think. Mm. Be very very surprised if that did not happen in the summer. So I think this feeling of malaise and dejection at the moment is going to lift because we're going to have a brand new manager, brand new set of coaching staff. There's we'll probably going to be a lot of player turnover. We'll yeah, I know it's on the agenda, but I think this, um, I, I, I don't know, I think if we go down with this feeling, there'll be a huge upheaval in the summer that will change it one way or the other. A bit like Stoke did. Yeah, didn't say it before the better, but it'll change it. <laughs> um, yeah, so the final two comments about that was, Colin Fronchak says, why has our recruitment of midfielders been so bad over the last three windows? Would Pritchard have displaced a fit Izzy Brown if we had still signed him? Should we bring back Jack Payne? We've covered Pritchard, but should we bring back Jack Payne? I think he's levels away from where we are. I'd bring Jack Payne and O'Brien back just to scupper Bradford. Completely. (laughs) I'd bring him back. If he's not in our plans, say whoever wants him needs to buy him because he's proven himself at that level now. What benefit is it to us if he does well for Bradford? Get him back. If Bradford want him, Pay for him. Yeah. That's what I'd be doing. Well, again, there might be do one eye on next season thinking, can he step up to the championship? But both his loans have been at if that League were the case, One. Level, I, I, I'd yeah. be him back now. Why is he not playing there, I guess? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think a director of football, not having a director of football for 18 of the last 24 months has, has limited That's our probably options. Probably the biggest time when we really needed one. Yeah. And the last comment, really, on the transfers from Russ Horsfall. Um, who just said, could you mention this in your next podcast, please? Um, people are saying that everyone knew we needed strikers and Wagner did nothing about it, which is wrong. We all said our strikers were good enough, but they needed better service. We brought wingers. And if anyone is to blame, it's Rebbe. Uh, it doesn't like how people's expectations have changed after decades. That does remind me, actually, at the end of last season, we did say Mooney and Dupuach's conversion rate, chance to conversion rate was amongst the highest, wasn't it, last season in the Premier League? I think what, what we'd also say is just, there's no plan B for this, like bringing Mounier and De Poitron together yeah. never worked last season. And so it would have been handy to have somebody different. <laughs> when My he, heart when sinks when against he Burn, I just went, oh, God. You might as well get up and go, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Mm. Start the so thanks, yeah. Russ, for that. Okay, so. And every single one of you should never forget it doesn't count how big you are. It doesn't count how experienced you are. It doesn't count how nice you are. If you have passion, desire, you have no limits. No limits. We'll come on to uh, the man himself, David Wagner. Um, We've got our friend from Spain, Cosi, has sent us a little voice memo, which we will, I will now have a play of. Guys, I assure you what my views on David Wagner. This is a guy here who would have stood with Chris Powell, <laughs> as I'm often reminded by people on the uh, Twitter. But yeah, it's. I think we really are in a split with the town fans looking at some of the social media, especially after Saturday. One thing that kind of always struck me with David Wagner and he kind of brought it home to me on Sunday when I was just driving on Leeds Road just after coming back from Bristol but them signs that you know them things on the lamppost that probably could need to be taken down you know we have no limits you know we 
yeah, fearless, I think one of them says. And I couldn't think that the last three games could be, you know, the total polar opposite to that. Uh, just feel we've lost his identity. And I think the worrying thing for me is, can we get it back? I mean, we've got to be honest, a lot of the games this year, to me, has been a lot better than last year, despite us obviously only scoring like 12 league goals. But the last three, obviously, we've lost nine in a row, eight in the league, which is incredible, really, when Huddersfield have been going since 1908, so let's not put it in perspective, that is it's a terrible start. But I've always kind of, you know, spotted the guy, and let me assure you that there's, you'll never see a post from me wagging out or a, a comment, really, wagging out. I, I, I think he's earned, earned the right, but he's got to change things and pretty quick. I thought, you know, Saturday was so worrying for me, the you know lack of energy, the lack of effort. That's something that you know his teams have been built on. You know the, the terrier spirit, as, as we keep hearing, the pressing game. There was absolutely nothing at the Fulham. I didn't get where we were going in that game. You know, I think we tried to fudge a, a draw and nick something on the break. Rubbish. Fulham were, were there for the taking. They were fear in their eyes. But Ranieri decided to do something at half time. You know, and that, that for me was the difference in that game. Ranieri went for it. Rotsas and Young went for the win. We, what, what were we doing there? We were trying to get a point, that were no good to us. We need wins. In the Burnley game, yeah, maybe we've got the get out with Schindler's red. But I think that, that sums us all up at the moment for me, mate. I just think, you know, with eight minutes, we've scored a great goal to concede into being with 10 men. There were nothing more certain, Burnley, that they were going to find a way of winning. They pushed us back and back and back. They came to win. Burnley, they had to win. It was such a must-win game in the same way it was for Fulham. And that was a gutting thing for me. Saturday were awful. There were guys playing for Chelsea. It looked like, I mean, some of the guys, you know, kind of didn't want to do the hard yards. You know, punching my threading balls through. I mean, De Potter's first half, I thought De Potter, you know, Arsenal at Man United, he was, he was good. Obviously not scoring the goal, but the effort and things. But that were gone. And I looked at Wagdale, kind of about 10 minutes to go, and I just thought, he just looked a forlorn man, to be honest with you. I suppose you would be when you've lost so many games. His arms were folded. And if, if anyone was you know, kind of animated, it was Christopher Bueller. If anyone's seen the Fulham goal, you know, near Silver and Bueller's going absolutely mental. Looks like the Zanker, to be honest, who's, who's been awful. I mean, there's a lot of his players are letting down, but yeah, the last three games, to me, if you were kind of saying, would you keep him or would you move him on? Or kind of, would you check hands or parties? I just think, yeah. I mean, it, Dean's obviously backed himself into the corner a little bit with his you know, comments, David Wagner's going to be with us if he go down, etc. But I just don't know how we can be. If, we, if the next 17 games are so big, I mean, I think most of us are accepting that we're probably going to play in Championship next season, but, but we just can't. We need something, we need that old fire back. Can he get that fire back? Can we get that identity back? You know, what would we change? We were trying to dissect it in the car. One of the guys was saying, and obviously, you know, David Wagner, you know, if I was kind of maybe the, the chief exec, the head on, shut up the shell up, they kind of say, no, David, what you're doing now is not working. How are you going to change it? How are you going to change it? I'd be kind of look here in the eye. Because at the moment there doesn't seem to be any signs of anything changing and that as well. It's the same old, I mean the football's so boring, that doesn't help really. You know, across the back, 
slow passing, nothing really, you know, coming forward. 12 goals all season in the league, just awful. And if you look at the games to come, Cardiff, you know, they play that kind of football we do, to be honest, last season. They'll be up for it. You know, Saturday will tell us so much, I think, about, you know, where we can go, really. Because, obviously, we've got, I think, is it Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal, next three, I don't know, in that order, but... Obviously, I'm dodging the question out here. Would you keep him? Would you not? I, I'm always been a, you know, somebody who supports people. Never would kind of call for heads, but the last three games, the evidence is really damning. You know, how long do you, do you let it drift? And yeah, it's it'd be interesting because I just can't see David Wagner being allowed to kind of keep. Try and take us back up if we do go down. If say in the next 17 games we lose 12 and win one and draw three, just just feel it did feel a little bit on Saturday that maybe he is the I don't say it, but you know what I'm trying to say, guys, don't you? But but what's he got to change? It always feels like to me we're carrying the defensive player too many. I mean the lads in the car were saying they'd take hot Jonathan out because he brings nothing going forward. I get that. It's almost like we're protective, you know, protecting the back, the centre backs with with having our game, but. You know, Bakuna, do you put, you know, Billing in, Billing in more? Yeah, I don't know. It's, but yeah, you know, we can go on, you know, Rebbers getting the stick. Nowhere to be seen, is it, to be fair? We obviously had the uh, the last two directors of football coming doing Q&As and stuff on Radio Lees. This guy, where is he? I'd love to know the truth about the summer recruitment. It feels like he's been shafted as that, David, but yeah. What would you change? I'd leave it to probably you guys with formation, but I look around at the options, the guys. If that were guys wanting a shirt on Saturday, there were no one apart from Jason Punch and the rest. They're pathetic, really, and yeah, it's grim. Sorry to be so down, but uh, yeah, you've got to be honest, the last three games, whew, there doesn't look like any sign it's going to get better anytime soon, but for my guy who's given me some of the best times, well, the best times of my life watching other streets around, there's no way. I'm gonna, you know, press the button. But Dean's made these big decisions before Lee Clark, etc. Nothing in surprising football, but yeah, and that's my opinion, guys. <laughs> I wouldn't give one really, but just my thoughts. Really enjoyed that. Okay, so Cosy sounds like he's uh, Wagnerin. Um, for me, uh, David Wagner's given us two years of amazing success through his enthusiasm you know great man management uh, tactical awareness and it's all come from his own little black book of contacts um he's he even pretty much shifted 15,000 season tickets by himself through his own little cliches and did the marketing team's job for them you know went in 2016 he's turned down the opportunity to go to Aston Villa Wolfsburg which ironically Olaf Rebbe was trying to get him for um and their resources would completely dwarf ours. Um, he he knows what it he, he happily work, seems to happily work within our framework. Uh, he also apparently, you know, according to murmurs for in the in the paper, he turned down Leicester as well, or he was in the frame for Leicester and and wasn't interested. For me, he showed us a lot of loyalty when it could have been really easy for him to jump and keep his momentum and his profile going. And I just feel that he's he's a bit of a victim of his own success in that he's moved the football club too far forward and out of its comfort zone in a really short space of time. And now his little black book's exhausted. We're finding that the infrastructure of the club cannot support what he maybe needs to do. 
and and that just goes down to budget scouting networks etc etc and it's nobody's fault as such it's just that he's moved the club so far forward that the club's not been able to keep up you know behind the scenes we've got a training you know a top of the art training system coming but that can't be built in overnight you know in a couple of months you know you obviously need your planning permission and everything and the club are trying to catch up but as it stands at the minute I don't think he's got the resources to do the job properly and we've probably got the lowest budget training facilities scouting etc in the league maybe Cardiff possibly but they've been in the Premier League before and owned by someone who's a billionaire and the main the main issue is he's performed two absolute miracles and and after those miracles he's now starting to look a bit bit of a broken man at times he's starting to get a bit ratty in post-match interviews and he's, he's very all of a sudden he's very very different but for me he's earned the right to try and turn this around and I think he's also earned the trust and support to be able to do that and attempt to do that um, with players looking bereft in confidence and as he does himself I think the question is does he want to continue does he want to stay with us if we go down does he want to stay with us now and if his answer is yes, he wants to stay at Huddersfield Town, then for me he stays. But he must be supported completely with everything that he needs, you know, everything that he feels that he needs to be able to do the job. Because there can be no absolutely no half measures, no shortcuts, no doing things on the cheap or trying to be clever. His job is impossible if he doesn't get what he needs from now. And the problem he's got is that some supporters have started turning the players. Some of the players look like they've turned as well. And all it takes is another five, six games on the bounce and all of a sudden things are starting to look a bit a bit difficult. But for me, he stays. I'm Wagner in, but the club need to support him in everything that he needs to do. And that includes what I mentioned before about January. If, if it can't support him, then it's probably not going to end well. I agree with all that the end yeah I'm same I mean I'd, I'm just thinking the only way I could see him leaving at the moment is if, if he decides he's, he, he can no longer either either he doesn't want to be here next season and he, and he says I'm going to walk away now to because that'll be for the best for the club um, but I wouldn't sack him I'd be devastated can you imagine well, having the, to sack that man that's the only conversation man. that they can have regarding Wagner leaving for me it's not a case of getting Wagner in until he's sacked the only conversation I'm having with Wagner at the moment is do you see yourself being here for next season regardless of what division we're in? If the answer to that is 100% yes, you just crack on and let him let him crack on. But as, as you say, Matt, you've then got to back him to the hilt with everything that he needs to do. I trust the chairman will do that. Yeah, I, I do. And he's, he's a vic- like you say, he's a victim of his own success. He came in and took over a team that was frankly destined for League One we were on a downward trajectory it was grim everything about the place was awful everyone was well it was just a depressing place to go wasn't it Mm. and he's literally grabbed it and he's taken it on this ridiculous journey nobody could have foreseen when he took over after Powell was sacked after a draw at Reading and then Wagner came in after the game that we lost at home to Leeds didn't he nobody could have foreseen then that put it another way after that Leeds game when he gets announced would anybody who supports town if somebody said to him 
in three years' time, you're going to have seen a promotion, you're going to have stayed up in Premier League, and then you're going to be rooted to the bottom at Premier League. What do you reckon? You'd have all took Snapped the hand yeah. off. Yeah. So for what he's done from a team that was absolutely doomed, desperate, dismal, he's grabbed us, he's took us on this ridiculous journey, and the least he deserves now is us backing him. My only caveat to that is that something needs to change on the pitch at the moment. It needs to start being a bit more old Wagner style, a bit more up and at him. Yeah, and I think if you go back those two and a half, three years and you ask those fans, how would you like the club to approach things if we did get up there? They'd want the sustainability. They'd want the Burnley approach of keeping Sean Dyche through promotions and relegations and promotions again. And for you know to, to answer the question that's going around, I'm, I'm Wagner in as well. My only fear is that he's done the job, he's done more than the job that he was brought in to do. He's got us promoted in his first... Or, you know, full season and, you know, obviously it's not looking too good at the moment. The, the fear for me is that if we go back down and we're not in the top two by Christmas or even in the playoffs by Christmas, which is a distinct possibility, you know, we might, we, you know, we might resume our fairly natural position, which is a mid-table to top 10 championship club. You know, if you played a thousand seasons of football, that's probably roughly where we'd be. My fear is if we're in that position after four or five months of the season, Fans won't be happy. Not all the fans, but there'll be a big bunch of fans who are just not happy. It's as as Dean Hoyle calls it, up. the vocal minority, doesn't it? Yeah, they? exactly. Yeah. And Wagner will be thinking, can I be bothered with that? Or maybe I'll be off back to Germany I, I, and try and do sure a new project. Bit, to be honest. I'm not sure this type will take much notice of what's going on in social media world, mm. etc. It's not on it, is it? Nah. Um... And by the way, if you're atting his daughter, his eight, 17, 18-year-old daughter with yeah, abuse, you're an sure. absolute knob. Yeah. The end. I've not seen that, so... I saw something and I... Yeah, revolted. just don't. But anyway. Yeah. Um, was that your statement? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, one of the things I've been saying over the past few weeks to, to sort of my friends is I compare us quite a lot to Leicester when they won the Premier League. You know, they brought Ranieri in. And he surpassed all levels of expectation. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, the following yeah. season, I don't know if they were rock bottom, but they were in the relegation zone yeah, or, yeah. or hurtling towards it. And they got rid of him. And that was probably the right decision for the club at the time. There was a level of sentimentality, but at that point they thought, we can't afford to get relegated. We've got to get rid of the guy who's given us the Premier League title, bizarrely, only six months previous. And... It's very difficult because a lot of people outside town will compare us in that similar way, and we're like, "Well, should we be getting rid of Wagner? You know, he's delivered us something beyond our wildest dreams, but he's taking us back down to where we don't necessarily want to be." Level, Wagner's delivered equivalent, hasn't he? Yeah, he I, has, I would yeah, also yeah. say that every club last year that got relegated sacked their manager and thought the grass was greener, mm. and it wasn't. Um, and I up today sacked another one. Exactly. Yeah. I fully understand why people are annoyed. Nine, losing nine games in a row in any league is not fun. Even And people are always going to enjoy the ride, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit, but losing nine games at any level, especially in a magnified goldfish bowl like the yeah. Premier League, it's it's painful. I understand people who lash out and, don't, and aren't happy. Uh, and I understand people say that the Wagner situation is not similar to Deitch, Jamie, because... This is something I've picked up from Twitter and I can't remember who said it. Um, and they said at no point was Deitch 
you know, on a nine-game losing ba- uh, run. And Burnley were always in a fight of staying up, so there was never that malaise and that lack of momentum. So mm-hmm. their team was pretty much close to staying up and it allowed them to bounce back. Um, if we don't win another game to the end of the season, he's he's going to... ...who can't look at what's happening at the fantastic media stand-down. Moy with the penalty. It's saved. Quada scores with the rebound. Colin Quada following up the penalty. Sliding in from a narrow angle. Bring the moment, Colin. Go on, who have we signed? We haven't. Oh, not Adam Lalana then. Colin Quada has joined Ipswich Town on loan uh, for yes, the rest of this season. That was rumoured, wasn't it? Uh, okay. We're having a minute's silence. Colin Quada. For who? Quada or Ipswich? <laughs> they're, still, they're still having it he said it's now a, an 18 month silence in Il- at Hillsborough uh, good luck Colin Kwana. Um I don't think you'll come across many more genuinely nice footballers no. than, than Colin and my abiding memory of Colin isn't Hillsborough it's at Wembley where he smashes himself in the head with his own medal <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot to love about Colin what about Kwana? him running full length of the Kilner Bank after getting the winner against Preston brilliant that was yeah, absolutely brilliant yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's um, one of my favourite well, moments there's a yeah. moments out there and that's all down to well not all down to one man but predominantly yeah. down to one man 90% and I think if all if town fans are now I get what you're saying Matt about some fans and I, I agree that I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. No, no, I get it. I totally understand it. I'm trying to portray both sides. Yeah, absolutely. And it's right to do that. Um, But for me, if it just sends out wrong message if we sack him. The first sign of trouble, we've had no but success, ridiculous success, if we're being honest. And I know the stats over the last 12 months have been pretty dreadful. But the trajectory that we went on was so quick. Like you said before, Matt, the club has struggled to keep up behind that and without spending absolute fortunes there's no way you can catch up that quick you just can't and at some point this trajectory had to level out and then fall off it had to it's just natural for it it to do that but nobody can take away having a great year last year the the promotion season don't get any better than that just absolute class Um, so he's still got my backing but the attitude on the pitch does need to change. I was just trying to find a uh, quote that we got sent on Twitter by, I think it's Michael Foster. I, I just I can't get it at the minute, but he he's pretty. He says you know he's been getting some stick for his opinion of Wagner in, and he equates the Huddersfield Town job to uh, to like trying to duct tape the Titanic, and I thought that was quite a good analogy. I, I enjoyed that, so thanks for that, Michael. So. The thank you for the questions that came in. So Michael Casey was one who sent it in, who said, um, "What should we do about David Wagner? Um, will he walk if we lose, etc." And uh, Terry Pete Pete Green as well, who said, um, "Now that the dust has settled after two weeks, um, we need to ask him whether he's going to be here next season." Which is something that we've we've been saying for a few weeks as well, Danny, haven't we? In in our little cliquey group chat, which we can add you in now, James. Oh, you regular, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was key. Whether whether he whether he's committed and he wants to be here next season, but if he's not, I don't know. What do you, do you bring somebody into this situation for for next season? I don't know if you can do that or not. I don't know if that's helpful to bring somebody in. Now it gives them more time to, to look, season. doesn't it? And two yeah, windows, but. You bring somebody in now for next season, and they lose a load of games. The fans are going to want him out before he's even had a chance to do anything. That's what, what I would say is, 
if David Wagner walked now, who do the Stoke fans want, you know, to get them promoted? Absolutely. Absolutely. We've got the man. We just need to give him the tools for me. If, that, that's if, if, yeah, you're right. If, if Wagner got sat now or left now, nailed on, somebody in the championship would be throwing pots at him. They would say, look at the job he's done at Huddersfield. Yeah. Nailed on. They would, honestly. So thanks for everybody who's come in. And I'll read out some Twitter comments because we put, I quoted Michael and said, uh, we'll discuss this on the pod tonight. It'd be great to know what everybody thinks. And I like to try and read out what people have said. Um, Elliot um, Wheatboyne said I think it's reaching the stage where we need an announcement either stating that he'll be here next season or that he's going I can't imagine the uncertainty surrounding that is helping things out I don't I like that, announcements for stuff like that but I, I understand what he means to that. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he can commit to saying I'm going to be next season there's too many things that can happen Dean Isle has stated very clearly that Wagner would not be sacked under any circumstances this season that was last season though wasn't it I no, no, that was this season. earlier this season. He said, okay. yeah. he has stated I thought it was last season. Season. So, to be fair, the announcement's already been made. Mm. So, there's nothing else to announce. Maybe, maybe someone like, maybe someone like Danny has got more followers. Just needs to retweet that. <laughs> See if it gets around. Uh, so, Matt Roberts um, says, if we really believe in him, we back him all the way. He's earned it. Let's not forget who we are and where we've come from. Um, as you can hear, Matt, we're all with you on that one. John Bmax says, is it me or is there a similarity in David Wagner and Ian Greaves' experience of managing town in the top division? And I did think about this the other day. That we went down with a bit of a whimper in our second season in, I think it's 71 or 72. And it says, back in the 70s, players began positioning themselves for exit, such as Cherry Ellen and Worthington. And I think they asked for a... Uh, they asked for money to stay, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, and I think so. they all ended up going. So there's a group of three or four that went to the chairman. And Doug Thompson's actually said something which is quite pertinent, which is the fans began to disappear as well. So that's that's the sign. I think a good sign of how well we've done in the Premier League will be how many fans we retain if the worst comes to worst. And I didn't go to Burnley, so you can look at me for that one. I'm going to drag oh, start dragging you, Danny. <laughs> it was Michael Foster at Michael Foster ninety three says I got shut down for my opinion the other day for everything that he's done for us. I feel we owe Wagner the right to walk away if he wants to stay and see it through. Uh, the problems are higher up than Wagner and you can't duct tape the Titanic, which I thought was a great tweet. So thanks for that, Michael. Uh, haircut Club Neil, Eddie Hoyle's been in touch. And he says, in my opinion, he has to stay. He deserves and has earned for town to be loyal to him. He's the man I want to attempt to bring us back up as long as he's hungry to do so. He's not looking or talking like his old self. Need the fighting hunger back. We need to get Eddie on the pod. He says the same thing as us. Or maybe that's not a good thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> One man that usually doesn't say the same thing as us is our mate Dale Marsden. Um, and this this made me laugh, actually, because he's been quite Wagner out, hasn't he? And he's just pretty much said, I've done a full U-turn now and I've accepted relegation. Stick with the man who gave us our best ever championship. Didn't feel he was the man to keep us up whilst we had a chance. But if he does a runner in the summer, I'd be livid. And if, if Dale can change his mind, anyone can. So, you know, it's not all lost. We love you, mate. But that's good to come out and actually say that, though, to be fair. Do you know, there's a lot of people who stick... Stick by what they say. Through, yeah, just because they're they don't want to be seen to be going back on it. Exactly. So fair play, mate. Um, Carl Hammer says he's, he's the same as well as Dale at the moment. He's more out than in. I don't know what that means. <laughs> because I don't think we'll get the old Wagner back, which is fine. Um, Coxie eighty one says I think it all depends on his plans again. So there's quite a few people saying that. Jared Mulligan um, retweeted something for Jared who's doing. 
uh, some work for charity. So at Jared Mulligan, have a check of that. He says, let's be honest, we were going to get relegated at some point. Let's do it with class, dignity and respect. There's a wink there, I think, or a nod at someone. John Lamb says, I think we're all thinking it. What's best for him? What's best for the club? A win would change the mood, which is completely true. And even if it doesn't, the end result will come in May. Uh, Colin Fronczak is back. I think that's Polish hippie's son, I think. Colin Fronczak. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. Uh, Wagner's earned his right to leave on his own terms. The caveat being that he can't repeat Ian Greaves' feat of taking us down to the third tier. I suspect to leave for the Hoffenheim job anyway. Uh, it's important the board have possible names in mind for when he does go. If he does go, you would probably look at Slavisa Jukanovic straight away, but I don't think he'll be available for very long. But we shall see. And Neil, we've even had a Leeds fan being in touch, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. I think it's in reply to one of his mates. But uh, Phil, Phil Lawton, who's not a Leeds fan, <laughs> let's not get that mixed up, says, I can't believe we're even discussing this. Wagner has said that our supporters are intelligent and know our situation. Um, I'm not going to read out the rest of that, but he's not impressed with some of the comments. Uh, John Smith at Cup Late Cake says, absolutely stay, stay with Wagner. Sales of Moy, Billing, Congolo, Zanka, Munier, Pritchard, Schindler would bring good money with parachute payments but would also leave us with a strong team to challenge once again. Um, and he's lined up the team. And he said the same things as you, Neil, about Matty Daly, top prospect. Um, you can even have the Kachunga and Smith link back down the right-hand side, which really worked at that level as well. And O'Brien, just to pee, uh, pee off Bradford, <laughs> we'll say. And then to finish it off, Mike Fish says, he should have been sacked after the Newcastle game. I think you're in the minority with us, Mike, but appreciate the view. And... Big Elbow Alan Allen Lee 19 uh, says he feels he deserves his chance given what he's done for us and he's already shown the club his loyalty. I also feel he would walk away if he felt he couldn't do much more. Praying it turns around for him as the man's a living legend. I think that says everything for the bottom line. And even the Leeds fan hasn't taken a chance to slate as our mentioned dogs, which is quite strange. And he even <laughs> says, buy a decent striker and who knows, you might stay up. So I'm not sure where, where that's going. It feels like a ruse. <laughs> Who'd be in Steve Simonson's boots now? He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted to the championship. Okay. Nine games in a row. Enjoy the ride. Does that sit well with you, Neil? Where a lot of fans are kind of saying, just sit back, enjoy the ride. What will be, will be. No. Yeah. And that probably contradicts what I've just everything that I've just said about <laughs> Wagner and whatever else. But like I say, but it, I did caveat that. There's with, no joy in losing. No, the, it needs to change on the pitch. It needs to go back to the sort of in your face, full throttle, writing about teams, make it uncomfortable for them because at the moment we're far too easy to play against. We are soft. We're wide open. There's no intensity. There's no drive. There's no bite. Everything that got us where we are has disappeared. And that needs to come back, and there's only one man can saw that out. Yeah, so it's come on the back of what Cosy says quite a lot about just enjoy the ride. And Alan Allen Lee 19 wants us to talk about it. He says, looking back over the last few weeks, it's amazing how much of an impact football has on people's lives, myself included. It's great escapism, isn't it? Football. And that's what it usually is, but I mean, that's why. And I walking the dogs cause... apparently greater escapism, well, isn't it? I knew that going to that Burnley game, I actually thought we'd get a draw out of it, but I thought there's something that's just going to annoy me. And I could, I felt myself after that Southampton game, 
And I thought, I'm, I'm, like, this is making me angry. Even during the Wadsworth era when we went down, and that was worse football, obviously, but it was sort of a It was useless, you yeah. knew it was useless. The, the thing is, you could get angry there, but I don't, there's like a certain, oh, Boxing Day against Man United, like you said, you just got to accept that. And that's not enjoyable, just accepting it. Because you do, it's like, I'm still saying Wagner in, even though I'm not enjoying it. But I don't like just accepting the fact that we can't compete. And The, the only thing that we've done wrong, when, when we came up, it was all about being the little dog and whatever else and being up against it and using that. Yeah, and that were, that, that. that were used in a sort of positive way in championship. Yeah. But since we've come up, it's all about being humble. Mm. And without being harsh, bollocks to being humble. We're in Premier League now. Bournemouth are here with 10,000 every week and they're managing it to survive. I know they're spending lots of money. But I don't, I don't buy into all this being humble stuff. I think there's, there's a difference between doing things the right way as a football club and being respectful. But I think when it comes to the actual football itself, it changes. That's different. On the pitch, it's not about being respectful and humble. It's about getting mm -hmm. stuck in. Yeah. And showing your personality on the pitch and showing what you're all about and fighting. Yeah, I think. And we've lost that a bit. I mean, frankly, we've no to lose now, have we? I mean, what are we, eight points adrift? We need to win games. Drawing games is no good. So there's no point setting up with three centre backs, two wing backs, and two defences. It's useless. That we need that, to win games. So that Fulham lineup's been a bit of a one off, yeah. but that was. But, don't, you know, I don't want to see it again. Forward, don't want to see it again. You'd like to think that the shackles will be off a little bit and there's. There's no other yeah. way to go about it. I've, I've been saying this all season. I've been saying this all season, Jamie. I think the handbrake is on because when we do commit people forward, we just get ripped to bits through the middle. And we're, I getting think ripped, anyway. we're getting ripped to bits anyway. I think, I think, I think that fear no factor, points. though, is just yeah. overriding everything that they do. Yeah. Those first few weeks of Premier League football were fantastic. You know, those, those, and then people will still go back to that, that Tottenham game. But I wish, I wish yeah, Wagner yeah. had never said that. In the same way at the start of this season, I wish nobody at the club had said the season starts now. That's mm. something that the fans were saying. Yeah. That, that I don't know. There's somebody official at the club then repeated it, and nobody in an official capacity should have been saying that. We maybe, talked maybe, about maybe. that on the podcast. As you I say, Neil, on, and yeah. I, we, were, we were incredulous that someone had actually yeah. said it. Yeah. <laughs> and as you say, Neil, there should be no free hits in the Premier League. There's no such thing. No. There's three points at stake. And at three o'clock on a Saturday, whether you're playing Cardiff or you're playing Liverpool, there's three points at stake. And I don't. If you look around league now, you look at Brighton's results over the last couple of years. They've beaten or drawn against some at top sides a lot. We've done it. We beat Man U, and then we got the two draws against Man City and Chelsea. Mm. But those alone, but tell we, you that we wanted that as well, didn't we? Exactly. But mm. why is that game different to any game this season? There's still points at stake. There's still something to be fought for, and, and getting a point. Man City or Chelsea, I mean, we'll play Chelsea in a few weeks. Getting a point there in February, although the feeling on the day is different, is n no different to getting a point when we desperately needed it on the last game. At I six. think you can play teams at good times, and I don't think we've played many teams <clears> at good times this season. Whereas last no. year we maybe got a few, like Crystal Palace on the first game was a great yeah, time. Yeah, maybe, but the, the points are still there to be won, regardless of who, who the opposition is. And I think with this it's almost set in stone now that if they're a top side well let's be honest as it stands now there's 19 better teams than us in that Premier League and that's a fact we're that far behind so free it no such thing nah utter rubbish he finishes Alan, uh, Alan Allen League 19 finishes that with 
He says, we've not been relegated as a football club for 15 years, which is good. And he said he would rather be a club like that who bounces around than somebody like Spurs. I'm not sure Spurs is probably the best example, but somebody like Spurs who sit in the middle and never you go anywhere. Saying, though. Yeah, you know, I understand you know completely. for yeah. me, though, is that coming back up, knowing what the Premier League's like, <laughs> would not be anywhere. It won't be the same. It's just going to be the same all over again. Or what? You'll never top. Yeah. Even if no. we do well in the Premier League, you'll never top 2016. No, because that's what, if you do well in Championship again now, that's all about the fight to get into playoffs or whatever else. Do you and the remember thrill of those? In yeah, it. yeah. Do you but remember the though, Neil, at the end when we lost, when we when Fulham were in the playoffs, and there were Fulham fans saying, "I hope we get to the final and lose." Yeah. And then Reading fans afterwards Reading were just like, "Meh." Yeah, Reading. Yeah, fans we lost, and we were like, "Are you mad? This is this yeah. is amazing." But I get it. I get Getting that. to the Premier League is far better than being in the I Premier League. I saw a Fulham fan the other day on Twitter, just basically saying, "Just relegate us now." I see a lot of Huddersfield fans. I don't, I don't like, <laughs> I don't, I Liquidate don't like though it. as well. I'm done with it. It's all wrong. We've spent money where we shouldn't be spending it. Just get me back to the Championship now. I hate the Premier League. I do. I, I, I hate, I, hate it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. It's, just, it's, a, it's just a big... We don't swear on the pod, do we? But it's just a big peeing contest, isn't it? Who can throw the most money around? And, and to be honest, two days of the transfer windows opened my eyes and gone, do you know what? If you don't have a billionaire owner like Bournemouth have, you know, bankrolling you, then yeah, forget it. Forget, yeah, forget it. Yeah. It's it's impossible. But I would rather have a, you know, it sounds a bit cheesy, but I would rather have a club with heart and soul and somebody like Dean Oil in charge than a petrochemical billionaire who you absolutely who uses you as a tax break. I'd have one behind Dean Oil. That'd be great. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, but I'd rather have the man who we've got. Smith scores for us, Field Town! 3-2 Town! Kachunga left it, and it's Tommy Smith, the skipper, who's drilled in. Surely one of the most important goals of the Huddersfield Town season. Anyway, the best of the rest of Twitter. So, um, at Lee Robinson, uh, at Bilbo Barney Bobs, I think it's Lee Robinson says, Neil, what about the state of the coffee, though? Well, it's nothing, it? <laughs> it's actually nice coffee, but it's in a filter cup, isn't it? Are and we not? Are we not? It's filter coffee with a with a uh, filter lid. So as yeah. soon as you try and put milk in that, it's straight up over the lid. It's pointless. I, I still don't really buy anything from behind it's the nice. stalls. It's supposed to be a Michelin star company who do it now. Is it improved or? I don't really buy stuff. Michelin star. I think they're buying. Uh, My missus is ever fit. If I bought a pie for three pound fifty, she's in. B and M every other week. Everything, <laughs> everything in there that they sell, the pies are is naff. It's completely naff. I'm in the white rose, so I've no idea what you peasants are taking. <laughs> <laughs> Three course. Say so he's living the he's living the Premier League. Dream, I know. Daddy, he's, I know. He's proper After like, all that, sat I don't there. like Premier League. I'm white rose in it every week. Quaffing his salmon and cheese bagels and. It's that little bit of the Pinot Premier Grigio. League in the Championship that I get when I'm in White Rose. Though. That's why I don't, I'm not thrilled by the Premier League. I've does Rambo it. still run up and do his thing? He does, yeah. yeah. He does with the, uh, I've, yes, I've been in a few times. It is quite good in there, to be fair. But I like it outside. I like being cold. That's my. That's well. You see, I like the contrast between home and away games. But that's my problem with the Premier League is that away games are such a pain to get tickets for and organise. Now, with yeah, priority, with people that's, all that's over the, the big place, thing yeah. for me because I can't sit with who I want to sit with uh, for the big games. You can sit with me and Neil, we're quite high up, but I don't know that's the case of whether you'd want to. <laughs> I've just seen it today, I can actually get a ticket for Chelsea free. Okay, nice. How's that? How's Ma- that? Might go. Does anyone <laughs> want it? How's, yeah. that? How's that happened? Because they do, class is ambulant disabled, are. So, 
but that, and you always get one free anyway. Oh, you get a carer, don't you? Yeah, yeah. but it's oh, both free both. for Chelsea. Really? Going to the lowest bidder. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll wheel you in if you want. Might, might, might do Chelsea. In that heated massage might, chairs yeah, if we can roll it through. Yeah, if we're going up to take each chair. They pick up minority groups that Chelsea fans are. That's yeah, why yeah, you're free when I watch yeah, it. Yeah. That's why, yeah. I'll be sat somewhere for a half-time pie-throwing contest or something, won't they? It'd be one of those water ones where you have to hit the bullseye yeah. and you go into the tank of water. But Scott Bradley, I like Scott. Scott funny Bradley. guy. Um, I still remember going down to Bournemouth with him and he had a bottle of Southern Bell. I've got no idea what that was, but he was absolutely wasted after I've 30 minutes. Brilliant. Great lad. Yeah, he, um, he said, decent, bo- decent boozers, old and new around town, or does it have to be football related? I think we need Cosy for this. Because <laughs> I, you know. I'm going to get hate for this, but I live in Leeds and go out in Leeds. But football, I do sometimes foray, if you like, in Huddersfield. I, Magic Rock's great if you go to Magic Rock. And, but I, last time we were in Huddersfield for the Fulham game, got the train over and went out. I thought Vox was all right. I can't remember last time I went out in Huddersfield. <laughs> I don't, I, oh, that's the, my away game thing. It's all on you, is this, Jamie? Oops. I live in Leeds as well. Oh, so we're all chesties over here. Yeah. <laughs> right, so last question on that. Um, is the new badge cursed? From Alan Allen Lee, 19. Cosy, we need him again for this I one. I was going to say yes. Get rid of it. Quite Cosy, clearly. Yeah. Cosy detests that badge. Yeah, he does. And he did from minute one. He did. I have no strong feelings. I, I have no strong have feelings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of my favourite... I, I didn't care if I ate it. Now one of my favourite football badges is because it's so basic but really good from a marketing point of view is Wolves. I, I like the... Yeah, I think yeah. that's great. Mm. It's just a load of... Tri- it's it's a load of triangles. Yeah. That's all it is. Like you said before, we get our... Get the shield badge off. back off. Hate that shield. And get that shield business that's around it with alt stars and stuff. Get rid of all that. Just have the town crest. Johnny, who does a lot of our design work, kind of redid. I know Danny does it as well, but Johnny does some of the more graphical work. Did a mock-up town badge, and he just redid the ter- refreshed the terrier a bit and stuff. And it it was pretty good. I might tweet that out, but I thought that was slightly better. Do they reckon it'll be back to normal? Oh Next they said year. when we when they we released it, they said it was on the year. Did they say? Did they definitely? Yeah. They said it was on the Chinese markets aren't as strong in the championship, so that'll get no, dropped. That over. That's, yeah. There was a the uh, year of the dog is gone. Yeah. There was a really good um, article on Swiss Ramble. I was going to mention this, but I didn't have enough time to research it. But Swiss Ramble have, have released a lot of data surrounding how much money um, championship clubs yeah, spend so away, which is quite interesting. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see where we sit after two years in the Premier League where do we sit now in there because pretty much Dean Hoyle propped us up for years with five six million a year and does he want to still be doing that or do the commercial activity or does the commercial activity need to be better but anyway we'll probably cover that next week because I haven't had time to look into it Moy oh where's it going to drop Heffel is in there Uh, Cardiff away Jamie you're going yeah God knows why. Are you driving? I've got a friend who is a Swindon fan and he's been to a few town games in the past but never won in the Premier League so we've had this one earmark for a few months. So yeah, I'm driving down to Oxford on Friday and then back to Leeds on Sunday. Is it going to be 10 in a row or do you reckon we might be able to stop that? I think it'll be 10 in a row. They're very strong at home and they've just got that They've got that edge. It's Warnock in it. They've got probably the same mentality that we had last year. We're going to draw. I mean, what is it come to when I'm whoa, the positive whoa, whoa, one? Oh, hang on. Oh, <laughs> hang on. I did say we draw. Can somebody wail in the real Danny J? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to draw. 
I'd be really, I'd be happy with it, Joe. It'd, it'd be a start. I think it's useless at this stage. I'll, I'll be honest. It is, but it'd be a start. the likes of Cardiff. It, it is in terms of survival, They're but in terms teams. of just halting that blooming run. Yeah, yeah it just exactly. needs someone yeah. to stop that run. But when you look at but the... To what end? All I have yeah. read. Yeah. We, we win, on average, one game every 11. All right, so we do. So, Man City, no, this is, wait, game yeah, this is the 10th. So, <laughs> I can't wait for Man City at home. That'd Brilliant. Be amazing, wouldn't it? Live on Sky, man, we're beating Man City at home. Because if we don't beat Cardiff, Chris Green sent us a message which says um, the record for the most consecutive defeats, this is one for you to stew over, and the record for most consecutive defeats in Premier League history is 15 Sunderland. So we've got Cardiff. If we don't get Man points City, against Cardiff. Everton, Arsenal and Chelsea. And Sunderland. That'd be 14, what's 15th? Sunderland are the club associate with a record. Do you reckon we can stop that or do you reckon we'll make a meal out of it? Well, I've said I think we'll stop that by getting a drop at Cardiff. But... 15 would mean we'd have to lose to Cardiff, Man City, Everton, Chelsea, Arsenal, and then the equal, record equaling would be Newcastle. When did Sky pick that man? And I think Newcastle probably let us quite win because they've like yeah, somebody it's been been that quite a while. Who wants to watch that? <laughs> yes, People like Newcastle watching Man City. <laughs> People want to see a team hit double figures. Yeah. Yes, so hopefully we'll go there. So I think that's pretty much all we've got for this week. Um, we do have a new Facebook account. So if you want to have a look at us on there, so Facebook. Danny's a big Facebooker. Oh, yeah. Um, Cos is running our Instagram account as well, so you Not might see a few either. fancy pictures. Um, Will it have cats on it? I don't know. I don't really Are look at it. you putting your cat on? No. I think everything on Instagram is cat. I could, oh, I could right, stick right, with a cat. Right, yeah. I could show him more of a cat. You do the next one at the cat cafe, Matt. I'd rather not. I want to eat my sandwiches. Um so that leaves nothing else but for Cosy's replacement to sing us out with a, a nice little tune. And I wish I could see his face right now. <laughs> Wasn't prepared for this, so I'll uh, press the button. <laughs> right, so thanks for listening and we'll hopefully be back again next week and hopefully not celebrating or commiserating in defeat number 10. Boozin, Jetson's there, Billy did. A goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Arms with the flick, Johnson with the turn, Johnson with the goal. And the game turned on its head. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted to the championship. Pate's got a chance. Pate scores. Jack Pate scores. Where's it going to drop? Heffel is in there! Ball goes 
below the byline. Kachunga leads it. Schmidt scores for Field Town. 3-2 Town. All three challenge stands. For a Sherry. Danny Ward saves. Danny Ward saves. Here's Mounier. 2-0 Huddersfield Town on the opening day of the Premier League. Lindelof misses his header. The Poitras in. Brown de Gea. 2-0 Huddersfield Town. Christopher Schindler. Has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget, share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 